The following program contains adult language and mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Kiss in the morning. ILT. ILT. Music Alternative 94.5. The Buzz. Z107, Houston's only classic rock and roll station. Mix it up a thunderstorm. It's what's happening in today's music. Okay. Are you going to make a, a new intro for this one? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm basically going to re-describe what we just talked about, no, what the show it. is going to be about. Three friends. <laughs> Music. <laughs> Feelings. <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> Music. <laughs> By rolled spine. <laughs> like the tingling of the keys at the very end there too. Was done. Ding, ding. <laughs> when I'm just, I'm just remembering while we're at the theater and we're they're doing that sound thing. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the goes, fucking sexual sound he, thing. He looks at me and goes, "This is what it sounds like when I pull my cock." <laughs> well, I don't know, but my seat was you fucking vibrating. Oxygen being sucked out of the room. Whoa, I'm like, yeah. I didn't realize theater seats had Sibians built into them, but that's what it felt like during that fucking <laughs> audio thing. I wish my dick was closer to the seats than my balls. I just got a little massage, but it could have been more intimate. Okay, so the premise of this, it's one song each. And basically, whenever we do a show... Whoever's with us, but usually the three of us, Diablo Frank, Guest Starring, Illegal Machine, Mr. Fix-It. We're going to take a few minutes to talk about a song. Each of us will bring one song to the table. We'll talk a little bit about the factual stuff related to the song, like when it came out and, you know, if it was popular or that kind of bullshit. And then we'll talk about a personal anecdote related to that song, what that song means to us, that sort of shit. Oh, and we get to curse on this one, too, in case there was any ambiguity about that. So I'll get us started. My initial song is going to be the Michael Martin Murphy hit, Wildfire. They say she died one winter When there came a killing frost And the pony she named Wildfire Busted down its stall In a blizzard he was lost
came out in 1975. It had actually been written in 1968. Apparently, the guy had some sort of dream about the song in its entirety while he was sleeping, which happens. Sort of like if your job as a songwriter is like us having a song about working, but he was working out a song in his sleep, writes it down. At the time, I think he was working with a band, and once he went solo, he went ahead and used this song. It was a signature song, huge hit, major crossover. It was a country song, but it went into adult contemporary and everything else. A lot of people freaking hate this song. Dave Barry, in particular, wrote a whole article about how it was one of the worst songs ever and how it doesn't make any sense because it's talking about a killing frost. They're supposed to have actually killed a girl and her pony, when in fact a killing frost is just the kind of frost that kills vegetables your houseplants and shit. The premise of the song is you've got this guy who's reflecting on a story he heard, I think in his youth, about a girl who had a pony she loved named Wildfire. Right before a blizzard, the pony kicks down its stall and gets loose and the girl goes after it trying to find it and they both end up dying in a blizzard. And then at the end of the song, he's talking about how there's been a hoot owl hooting outside his window for six nights in a row, how the girl's coming for him and they're going to ride away from these sod-busting blues and shit. And some people I, I remember reading, they were talking about how it was like a romantic song they're gonna go away together no the hoot owl's howling and he's not making this farm work and it's like no this dude's in peril either this guy's gonna indebted himself or he's in such dire straits that he's got no fucking food he's out in the fucking wilderness he's gonna fucking die because he can't make his ends meet and so he's imagining wildfire sort of like wing low sweet chariot coming forward carry me home that kind of shit for me what the song means to me besides the fact I, I think it's still a pretty good song I'm not gonna say it's underrated it's, it was a huge hit and it still gets play in movies and all kinds of shit like that but because of the backlash against it there's so much hate about it being such a saccharine song and it is a fairly simple song but the reason why it's meaningful to me is when I was a child we lived in a two bedroom apartment my grandmother was in her room where she had like a nice little bed and stuff and everything else and then me and my mom were in our other room and we just had a couple of mattresses on the floor on a black white TV and that was just about it. And in, in the back patio they'd taken the patio and they'd walled it off I think it had like a wooden exterior because I think the apartment complex got built when there was something back behind the complex and that's why they had the back porches there were private porches and then at some point before I was born they built all these houses back there there was nothing to see or if you did see anything you'd be looking into somebody's backyard which wasn't cool so they walled that off and that was actually my little play area it was a concrete floor just like you would expect from a porch but all my toys were there when I talked about inchworms and other podcasts that's where my inchworm was and my action figures and such and it had an exterior light so that was just sort of my play area then the front room had the couch and this little table that we would eat off of a coffee table but it, that gives it too much credit it was a little tiny thing there just wasn't much to it it was always crowded with a bunch of crap on it like I remember my grandmother had one of those carry wind up watches it was in a little brown plastic case and you folded it up and you would have to wind it every day to work with this alarm clock I remember playing that one as a kid we had a dining table but we'd never used the thing it was up against a bar back by the kitchen and I remember the kitchen didn't get a lot of use my grandmother wasn't one to really cook I ate a lot of bologna sandwiches when I was a kid and whenever you would go into the cupboard you would have the stink of cock Roach at feces. It always had that vinegar the stick vinegar to smell. it. Yeah. yeah. And you, you know, that shit was just closed off. We never did anything with it. Up against the bar by the kitchen was our stereo. And it was an old tabletop style one so it was probably about I don't know two feet wide and probably like a foot and a half deep and it had the record player on top of it with the brown tinted covering on it that was a thing back then I don't know why I don't think vinyl reacts badly to sunlight or anything and it had all the knobs with the balance and stuff and we didn't play records really that I remember I think maybe because I, I had a little suitcase record player 
as a kid. And so whenever I'd play records, I'd play it on that with its tinny sound. I, we never played records yet. I, I don't even know if it worked. Maybe it was just broke down. So what would happen is it was always tuned to just radio. And this was the, you know, late 70s, early 80s. So it was pretty much always going to be either country music, AM style country, or it was going to be 50s, 60s oldies. Really, it was mostly country. I remember listening to that song as a kid. There was this big open window. I don't think it was a sliding door. It was just like a really big window that looked out on the other balcony, that the shared balcony that you'd walk the stairway. And I remember my uncle had come to visit us. He had lived in Hawaii. After he got out of the service, he just went to live there for most of the 80s. And he'd come back for one visit and he'd put up this wooden lattice because so much sunlight came in through that window. And so after that lattice was in, it was just like these beams of light, like in a vampire movie where they managed to smash one of the windows like Fright Night, little beams of light coming through. And so I remember lying on the floor and these beams of light are coming in. It's a sunny afternoon. I think it was on a Sunday, in fact. And I'm listening to the song. It's melodic, but it's also, there's a sadness to it. And I didn't understand anything besides girl, pony, they died. You know, I don't even know, but I don't even think I realized they died in it. it when I was listening to it back then. I just remember the girl and the pony. But because of the mood of the song, it made me feel sad. I felt this melancholy. And even after the song was over with that, melancholy stayed with me. And that's my first conscious remembrance of the feeling of melancholy. And it's something that's visited me often in my life. That was where it started. That one time hearing Wildfire on that sunny afternoon, that's the first time I remember feeling, I remember having a reasonably happy childhood. But that's the first time I remember sadness within that childhood. And it's to some degree carried through me through the rest of my life. Wow. So every time you hear that song, you still get you turn back to that. No, but uh, but I recall that. But I but I recall that feeling. You know, I recall that sense of melancholy. I recall you don't that, smell that the conscious. A little bit. No, not the roaches no. so much. I, there's other things that trigger that particular sense memory. Yeah. But yeah, I just it, it takes me back to that first conscious memory of sadness. I think of the movie Bubble Boy every time I hear that song. Oh, really? Is it in the movie? Yeah. Every time they mention this mom, the song Wildfire comes out because that was her nickname because apparently she was a wild biker whore before she oh, got God. married and had him. So every time I hear that song, I'm going to have mixed feelings about that song now. <laughs> Your sadness <laughs> and my laughter at a woman. That was Jim Gillen was in that funny, one too, right? right? It's a Bubble Boy. Uh, that makes me sad because you've seen Bubble Boy. <laughs> so now every time I hear it, now, every time I hear that song, I'm going to get sad because it's going to remind me of the time you told me you saw Bubble Boy. Have you seen Bubble Boy? Absolutely fucking not, man. And you have truly missed something that will enrich your life. Paquita watched that once within the last year or so, and I was like, holy shit, that's Jake Gyllenhaal? What the yeah. fuck? He? he was Bubble Boy? Yeah. Because I didn't know who the fuck Jake Gyllenhaal was before Donnie Dark. I, I just remember I had a friend that in that movie, there's a part where they go to some club and they scream $500 to win a $500 prize. And I worked with a guy that would scream at you randomly, $500 for no reason. You'd walk up to your desk and just scream $500 because he thought it was the funniest thing in the fucking world. Holy Lord. Now I'm feeling the same sadness, but not from the <laughs> song, just the Bubble We've Boy We've now sadness. talked more about Bubble Boy than you talked about. <laughs> Your eternal sadness. All right, you guys want to hear my song? Yeah. Did y'all want me to play Wildfire sure. too, though? Yeah, okay, do it. I've never heard that fucking song. You've not. Think. You've heard Wildfire. I don't think so. You well, just don't know you've heard it. Well, you've heard what? Well, I've never seen fucking Bubble Boy, so maybe I haven't heard Wildfire. <laughs> uh, okay, let me let me actually. I've got it. No, that I, means his life is very unenriched. Cut the bato, I I wasn't planning on cutting the bato. No. Somebody run off with your old lady legally. You're allowed to cut them. She, she wasn't technically my old lady. I just never, um, I just never told her how I felt. When I was your age, I was in love with a woman. Debbie? No. Oh, Danielle. No. Wildfire. Oh, wildfire. She looks really nice. Yeah, but she left me for some other vato, you know, real buttoned down. I gotta get a job, kind of, though, you know. 
To this day, I say I regret not finding him and cutting his heart out in a really violent way. <laughs> Don't be like me, I say. Don't live in regret. Mine is Faith No More's 1990 Saturday Night Live from Out of Nowhere. From Out of Nowhere, first track off Faith No More's third studio album, The Real Thing. It was also the first single to be released off it and to feature Mike Patton on vocals. It was first released on October 30th, 1989, but didn't reach the UK chart. Uh, it was re-released on April 2nd, 1990 after the success of Epic, and it reached 23 on the UK singles chart. However, it never became as popular as Epic, which peaked at 25 in the same charts despite the former song peaking higher. Which is interesting. Like They released it, and it flopped. Epic was so big, and they re-released it as a single afterwards. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, the band is quoted saying regarding the video that they didn't know what they were doing. I don't even know what the video Do you want to see the video for no, it? No, I don't. I want okay. you to play the fucking video I told you to play. Okay. Well, apparently there's two very different versions of the video. song is Faith No More is from Out of Nowhere. Yeah, can I just say too, I didn't know what the song was until I heard it. That's one of those songs where you don't know it by name. It's the one where he's going like that, It's like, oh yeah, I know that song. I remember that one. I remember so, that one on the radio. First of all, that's from The Real Thing. That's their big album. The, the, the album that, well... It's got Epic on it, so that's I their, Care A that's Lot was album. also, had made, had made their name, Absolutely. but uh, Epic was what made them well, to like, the name to this day. Just like, that's their third album, but all you had to say was the first album with Mike Patton, and then people were like, oh, it's fucking their first album. Right. Oh, by the way, did I tell you that, remember how I was buying CDs at the pawn shop the other day, and I bought that one just because I like the keyhole, and when you open it, it opened in two different directions, it was cool? It turns out that's a Mike Patton album. That's another one of his side projects, so it's pretty cool. Mike Patton is, uh... Much respect. Much respect to my man, Mike Patton. Everybody watched Saturday Night Live when we were kids, right? So this was 1990. Well, they, I just saw in the video, it's like their 50th anniversary. It's like they just celebrated their 40th anniversary. So fuck us all. Yeah. So like, I don't remember really, it, nobody really. Okay. So the musical guests had, had their days when it was big and then when it was like the musical guests didn't really care as much. It was more about the skits and then they kind of flip flopped some. And then mm-hmm. sometimes it was at its peak where all the musical guests were awesome and all the skits were awesome. Mm-hmm. Not all the skits, Not, but it had yeah. the memorable skits, you know. You had a half hour out of the 90 minutes that were good instead of. 10 minutes. But from my youth, this is the first musical guest I remember that blew my mind because Mike Patton was on drugs. And this was, I was sitting there going, this is drugs. <laughs> this is what drugs do to you. Like I, I've, they've told me, you know, the dare program has taught me all sorts of things about drugs, <laughs> but I'm watching faith. No more is on drugs right now because so they played Epic before they played from out of nowhere. I just prefer from out of nowhere, but during their epic performance, so you know how they were like, it was like a faux garage, like it has the big garage fans like up in the ceiling. He climbs up the wall and crawls into the fan 
while it's and it's like spinning while he's going. Whereas usually people on Saturday Night Live just fucking stand there and they play their music, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is blowing my mind. Like I didn't. This is like the most metal shit I'd seen in my life. <laughs> so then we get to the From Out of Nowhere, which again I, I prefer that song. But then towards the end of the song, we're saying One Minute's Here, and and he's holding the microphone like it's. A, I'd never seen somebody hold a microphone like that. Mm-hmm. It's like he's holding a pipe like backwards, talking into it. Like, it's a bizarre the way he's holding the mic, and there's a, a second there where he astral projects, and he's literally <laughs> staring. Now, he's not staring at the audience. He's not staring at the camera. He's just sort of staring to nowhere in particular as he's still sort of monotoningly saying the lyrics, and then he snaps out of it and comes back to the song. But I actually remember watching that going, holy shit, this is insane to me, and I, I will never, ever forget that Saturday night. Again, that, this was, well, shit, 1990 was how long ago now? 26 oh years? 26 years ago, and I still, that is the first Saturday Night Live musical guest appearance I remember, and it's still the most vivid Saturday Night Live guest I remember. I mean, I remember well, other It was good a very ones. kinetic performance, you know, the, the thrashing, he thrashed so hard that he was like singing on his knees for a period there trying to recover from it. Uh, it it just because it seems to me like whenever guys go on Saturday Night Live, they try and sound like their album song. Mm. Oh, I Whereas, think there's a lot of. I mean, it, it, they did a big thing about Ashley Simpson getting busted doing uh, lip syncing, yeah. but I'm sure that's way more the, common more, than doing like that It wasn't a lip sync; it was more of a backing track, right? But uh, was that it? Ha- I think it, it okay. helps so they can keep their note and they can keep the pace better because they're basically just singing along with the song. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe she was going to full on lip sync, but a lot of them do that. You got to have backing tracks. There was nothing backing tracked about that fucking song. No, that was a live fucking performance. The people, those poor people in New York, got. They probably had no clue. They're like, oh, they're going to sing. Epic, and suddenly Mike Patton is climbing inside of an industrial fan on the set. <laughs> um, so I, that, it's it's stuck with me forever, and I freaking love Faith No More anyway. And that didn't hurt. That's my. That's, I don't have a lot to this story. But, but do, do you know anything about the song itself? What it's about or anything like that? No, doesn't no, matter though. No, no earthly idea. Yeah. And it's not my favorite song on the album either. Yeah. Well, it's one of my favorites on it. Uh, Which favorite song on the album? Can you think? Surprise, you're dead. I remember that one when I was growing up. My, my brother loved that song. Yeah, it's a great song. But that's a good song, too. But that it's not even just about the song. It's that performance. I will never in my life forget that performance. And I, Because, again, it's been 26 years. I haven't forgot about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's just it's it, Well, that's got to be. I mean, and the thing is, sometime within a few years of that coming out, they had an anniversary special where they showed all their musical acts in primetime. Or just like clips of the musical acts, not the full songs. I've actually got that on VHS tape around here someplace. And I don't think that clip showed up. So I don't know if it was after that or if that shit was just too out of control and they were not wanting to promote people doing that. But that is definitely one of the most kinetic performances I've ever seen on that show, if not well, the I, most. I guarantee you that performance took everyone who booked Faith No More on that show by surprise. Both times. And cause for concern as well. Yes. And, and, and they did smash the drum at the end there too. I'm not sure that they did. ever came back on the show. And I wouldn't be confident I, that they did, no. Yeah. Laura Michaels on play. I saw the first person on TV that I knew without a shadow of a doubt was in another dimension (laughs) and was having to force himself to perform for us lowered beings on this plane of existence while he uh, furthered his life and evolved to another plane. That's cool. Hey, guys, go on YouTube and Google from out of nowhere on a Saturday Night Live performance. I'm going to Google the lyrics. You can see what I'm talking about. Tossed into my mind, stirring the calm. You splash me with beauty and pull me down because you come from out of nowhere. Oh, oh, my glance turns to a stare. Obsession rules. 
rules me. I'm yours from the start. I know you see me. Our eyes interlock because you came from out of nowhere. My glance turns to a stare. One minute here and one minute there. Don't know if I'll laugh or cry. One minute here and one minute there. And then you wave goodbye. Sifting to the bottom every day for two. All energy funnels. All becomes you. Because you come from out of nowhere. My glance turns to a stare. <clears throat> so on. That's a pretty good love song. And they, that's not really the kind of thing you expect from Faith No More. They're usually a little bit more confrontational or more um, ambiguous about what they're singing about. Love it. Yeah. Fix it. Put in the title. Because we're going to have to listen to it, damn it. I had to listen to y'all's. Oh, Faith No More was a Sorry bad. I made you listen to Faith No More. That was okay. Not great. Oh, I forgot. You're a... Uh... If they, didn't, a, you're, if, you're if they didn't play it on the buzz, you've never heard of it. Oh, you're so hip because you listen to this B-side. It's not a B-side, it's a single. It a single. So does it have a wiki? Let's see. I'd be surprised if it was. I couldn't find it. Try L wiki. <laughs> <laughs> Try Wikipedia. Got it. Yeah, no. You got one. <laughs> Try Will Picaria. <laughs> Got it. No, no, no. You're still sticking with the bar. It's off the album Primera Fila, which came out 2008. Seriously? No, no. It's an old song, dude. They probably re-released it. Damn, you're going to hit the SAP button on this podcast if you want to understand <laughs> what we're about to talk about. Oh, I know what I can do. Hold on a second. Was it a single? Dude, was it a single? Uh, did they have singles back then? Was that even a thing? Singles were a bigger thing then. They well, they were big. Actually, the thing is, the, like the MP3 era. We like to talk about how people are just downloading the songs they want, but that's what people did up until like the 60s. People didn't buy albums very often. They bought the singles. That's true. This kind of only goes back to '84. Well, '84 was a long time ago. It is now. You're right. How old is? Well, you know, now? yeah, I could, could. Now I think, think about it. I mean, if it came out, you maintain he only goes back to '84. But no, his, the albums, the discography. Go, well, no, his well, specifically his uh, Grammy awards. He started winning Grammys in '84 or being nominated at least. L Grammys. And then, oh no, his filmography goes back to the fucking '70s. Can we at least find out what the fucking year of this thing is? What's this shit? Encantranos. Yeah, figure that shit out. Encantranos. <laughs> Thought I meant incontinence. <laughs> oh, no, oh spell it in uh, spell it in English. Encantados. Encantado. I agree. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and play the song. Quiero que sepas la verdad. No te he dejado de adorar. Hay en mi triste soledad.
Right off the bat, that was a dope video. I could watch that guy's eyebrows and mustache working <laughs> like all day long. I'm not sure that he didn't have three mustaches. Well, man, you got to remember this is lady, so those are power brow. No, it's, it's, it's a very it, manly brow. He emotes very well, and so watching <laughs> the motions, it's like watching a Max Fleischer cartoon or something with Felix it's like the a Cat. Giant emoji. <laughs> so no, it, it was really cool, and the guy had a lot of emotion. There was a lot of well, dude, really anger me. and hurt, a lot of mix so, there. What is the title of the song in English, okay. roughly? Okay, well, it's right here. Oh, you tell me. No, you well, tell me. Encantranos. What does encantranos mean? Um, I believe something like between us, just between Ooh. us. Ooh. What? This, this translation is just between us. Oh, I, okay. I have the full English translation of that song oh. that so, I'm going to read in a moment. <laughs> so much like Madonna or Prince, this man is simply known as Vicente. And uh, growing well, up. Well, except he actually has a second name that's part of his billing. No, no, no. Dude, when you talk about him, people just say it's, Vicente. It's, no, I think it's more like Barbara. We know who you mean when you say Barbara, but it's Barbara Streisand that we all know it's also the. It's Barbara oh, yeah, no, no. Well, oh, Beyonce true. Knowles is Beyonce, though. Yeah. I'll give you that. Okay. So, growing up in my neighborhood, Vicente was a staple of Friday, Saturday nights drinking outside. And the reason this song sticks to me is I was probably 16, maybe, or 17. The first girl I had a real serious crush on, I was really into. Dated for a short time. You would spend the week with your girlfriend at school, and then come the weekend, you would run around with your friends, and we would just go cause trouble. And we would drink and just do all the things you shouldn't be doing, getting homemade tattoos and everything bad. And um, she broke my heart, and I didn't know... You know, you're young. How did she break your heart exactly? I don't know. Back he's then, he's Mexican, so probably with a shank. Or- I don't know. Just It was, you know, how those junior high, high school loves happened to just kind of... But was it that you unreciprocated, or was there another no, no, guy? No, no, no. We were or- into each other. No, it just... Back just fizzled then, out? It, well, no. Like, a lot of times, you know, family. So her uh, family didn't like uh, me. Oh, well, that's understandable. We, we kind of came from the other side of the street where they weren't too happy with, so... You know, she broke my heart, and I'm hanging out with my friends, and of course, it was always be younger... It would be younger guys my friends and us who would hang out with a friend of ours older brother and his friends who then always had an uncle who was the one that provided alcohol mm-hmm. and so I think the- that's against I think that's all races yeah. there's the uncle the cool the uncle whether he's cool well, or not crazy. even an uncle well, he's it cool was always a family it was just someone that hung around the family because yeah. of course Hispanic families are huge so we would hang out at a certain friend's house there'd be nine ten of us there they would go get a keg of beer and like three bottles of tequila and so we're sitting there and you know first we would listen to Black Sabbath Guns and Roses everything normal but as the drinking commenced and the old guys started getting drunk then started coming out you know some of the old Spanish stuff and Vicente was a staple that's when everybody was pretty fucking loaded Everyone's drunk. People are getting ready, getting to fights. You throw that in there, and this song played, and I got really teary eyed because I was thinking about her. And literally, half the guys at the party were singing along with the song. They knew those the lyrics word for word, and we're all laughing and getting, you know, people are drunk, passing out. And so after that, every time I got in any kind of relationship, and the girl would break my heart, this is the song I crawl back to. Um, I had one girl break my heart, and I went out of town with a buddy, and I drove him nuts because I fucking played this song continuously, looped over and over and over to the point where my friend was just going fucking nuts. He's like, at least let me get drunk to enjoy the song. Like, you can't play it while we're sober. That's not fair. <laughs> and so it was just normal for us. So in my neighborhood, even now with recent stuff, I start playing this song again. It reminds me of that part of my childhood where this song meant so much. And it meant to, so much to everybody in the neighborhood. Like, it was always a kick. I mean, I can go to a Quinceanera now and the after party. Some point in the damn party, they're going to play this fucking song and people are going to get rowdy and they start crying about the one love they got away or the one that they missed. And so it's a pretty good Song, if you understand. Would you like me to read the English translation? Please. Please. Okay. Just between us. Just to brag, I'll tell my friends that in love no sorrow can crush me. And to prove it, I would forget about your kisses. 
and a few shots of tequila are enough for me. I told them to find me a new love, and in her arms I began to stop loving you, that I abhor you since the day of your betrayal, and that there are times when I've wished for your death. Just between us, I'd like you to know the truth. I haven't stopped adoring you. Here in my sad loneliness, I wanted to scream and leave running, and ask you what you've been up to. Just between us, I will always remember you, and today, when you aren't by my side, there's nothing left but to confess that I can't stand it anymore, and that I've been hating without hate, because I breathe through the wound. But alas, Martin, there is no doubt that you also sing Wait, for Alas Martin? I think he's talking to yeah. him. Oh, okay. Martin. And Alas Martin. Martin. Okay. There's no doubt you also sing from pain when you can't cry. Just between us, I want you to know the truth. I haven't stopped loving you here in my sad solitude. I wanted to run out of here screaming and ask what you've been up to in your life. Just between us, I will always remember you. And today, you are not by my side. And there's nothing left but to confess that I can't stand it anymore. That I've been hating without hate because I breathe through the wound. I was going to make fun of that one part where he sounds like the cowardly lion. King of the jungle. But shit, man, those lyrics are fucking badass. Oh, you do. Even without the translation, I could hear the cross between anger and oh, yeah. pain. He emoted very well. That's a great fucking song, yeah. man. I feel weird when you're telling us to pick songs because I was going to pick, you know something normal but no man pick something that means something yeah so like this song like i said i i have several copies of it on different different forms of cd mp3 whatever and um yeah it's just a trip to hear it like listen it with y'all was really weird because usually when i hear the song it's at a bar or with a bunch of drunk guys and people are getting rowdy and then you throw the song on and you either have dude, like i've seen dudes literally after the song go go home and they're like i gotta see my <laughs> like it's just it's just that's that's how powerful it is so that's it man and I, I don't know when it came out i can only tell you when the first time i heard it yeah we, we should let people know that we kind of google searched and we can't we tried, we, we yeah. don't freaking know when the song yeah came. i'll try to look into looks, it on the back end the video looks something. super duper old yeah no nah, like 80s i'd say probably the early 80s and, and this dude's like a big film star too right I, I, dude i'm telling you he sent it was like, he like was he like the elvis where he just made tons of movies he did movies he did Music. But like, could yeah. he actually act, or did he get to be in movies because he was Elvis? I, my, it's so. This is kind of funny. This will kind of give away our location, but there is a taqueria truck that they're famous for. If you go to this taqueria truck, you're gonna see the truck part, and the guy has a bed sheet up on two poles, and he plays Vicente movies, which are these old, kind of like Wild West. Well, it looked like the filmography looked like it went back to the early seventies. That about right? About yeah. But he's always like some kind of badass Western guy. He's mariachi type style, oh, or called rancho. Um, and so you go to the taqueria a truck you'll get your tacos they have benches you can sit there there's even a raspa truck behind it and they play these old movies up there and i've gone there with friends and this it's just a trip dude but you know it's just i don't know it's part of the culture i guess oh, that's cool, and i man. grew up with it so thank you for sharing no i, I like sharing that i think caring. that's great i think that's a great one to close with too so okay. and then let's fade out playing that song that was kind of fun yeah i like that one song each is a rolled spine podcast. This is a not-for-profit fan production. Any copyrighted materials used is believed covered under fair use, with no infringement intended. Please leave your comments and criticisms on our website. We especially encourage participation on this show. Feel free to call in and leave a request. Maybe you'll even get featured on the show. We thank you for your rapt attention. From Blade. I was just gonna. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fucking awesome at a funeral. <laughs> raining blood. <laughs> Isn't it raining blood? That's the name of the song. I think it is. is that- 
Or it's just called Blade theme. When I hear Raining Blood, I think Slayer. Slayer, too. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. Uh, you ought to look at the new previews. There's a there's a Slayer comic book out. Uh, or, or oh, that sounds really incredible. I really, really... Oh, I'm glad you told me about that. Well, no, but it's... No, no, I'm really glad you told me about that Slayer comic book. That sounds really awesome. No, I can't wait to see that. It must be like that the, Kiss comic that was released the by... Ba- no, the band themselves are writing it, and uh, Glenn oh! Faber's doing covers. <laughs> oh, great. Are they drawing it, too? Because that's something that just anybody can fucking do baby if you've ever wondered wondered whatever became of me i'm living on the air in cincinnati cincinnati wkrp got kind of tired of packing and unpacking town to town up and down the dial WKRP in Cincinnati.